You're listening to Life Church Podcast with Pastor Bill Carpenter. If you have your Bible, uh, you can turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. If you don't own a Bible, there is an ESV story Bible on the back counter there for you. That's our gift to you today. You can take that with you, actually. Um, we like reading that Bible because it, it has at the beginning of each book, how does this how does this book fit into the rest of God's story, right? Um, but we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5 today, where the Apostle Paul writes, Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves, or do not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail to meet the test. This is God's word. This is, um, thank you. This is, a, this is a challenge for me. I just got back from three weeks in Brazil. I had all kinds of things happen there that I would love to just tell you story after story after story. Um, and I'm coming back having not been with you, and I just want to just, just like look at you and just tell you how wonderful you are and all this kind of stuff and go on and on about that. And I have a sermon to preach, and uh, we had a lot of things in this service. So I'm going to try really hard to stay on task here today, okay? Uh, and as I said, this is why you need to preach. Pray for me, all right, because uh, I'm not really good at that. Um, and uh, I, but I want to talk to you today. Pastor Dave and I have been talking together about the sermons over the next few weeks and sort of preparing us for like Easter and all of that um, and beyond that as well. Um, and uh, so there were several things that we wanted to preach about. We wanted to preach fasting on the end of the, the prayer series that was important to us. By the way, how you doing with fasting? Everybody doing all right with it? You, you, you doing it? Somebody, anybody shake your, somebody shake your head and tell me you're fasting, all right? I gave up coffee, cotton picking. Uh, I, I, I need somebody to fast with me, okay? Because I'm going to I'm gonna need to cry on somebody's shoulder uh, probably tomorrow, all right? Um, and this was the test. I was, I was just 29 hours in airplanes and airports. Uh, and wouldn't you know, every airport when I got off the plane, there was Starbucks right there just waiting and beckoning and calling me. Uh, but I, I'm done with coffee, and uh, so keep me accountable. Make sure that I, that I stay true to my, my fast. That's only part of it, but that's a big part of, of my fast. But um, fasting was something that was important to us to finish the, kind of finish the prayer uh, series with. And then we felt like that we wanted to talk about a few things that were disciplines that were more corporate maybe uh, than just individual disciplines. And so communion was obviously one of those things that we wanted to, to preach about. Pastor Dave did an outstanding job of preaching to you about communion. Um, and hopefully that helped you even to prepare you for today uh, and partaking of communion. Um, and there are other things that we want to share. Uh, he did the one thing that he shouldn't do, and that was he gave me a sermon title that basically had three points, but each of those points is like a sermon series in of itself. And you know me, I was like, yeah, let's do that. Like, I'm going to talk about examination, and I'm going to talk about confession, and I'm going to talk about reconciliation, and I'm going to do it all in one sermon. You know, and I'm crazy enough to try it. Nathan's just shaking his head. Oh, my God, he would have tried that, too. Yeah, you're, and it's because you know me. And, and he's right. I would have I tried that. But I came back, and it was like, no, there's no way I can do this. So today we're going to talk about examination. P. 
period. And I'm going to try to stay right there, okay? Uh, so hopefully um, this will help you also even in your approach to communion because examination is one of those things that I think it's important for us to do corporately, not just individually, all right? We need to examine ourselves, and I'm going to prove that to you from the Scriptures in just a moment here. But we also need to join with each other in a personal uh, examination. We need to, and that's where we'll come back and talk about confession and even reconciliation because these things build on each other a bit. Um, but let it suffice today to say that you and I need to have this time of personal examination where we actually submit ourselves to one another and we allow ourselves to be examined, not only by the Holy Spirit in light of God's Word, but we actually can utilize each other uh, to help us see ourselves in the way that we really need to see ourselves to approach God and to deal with, with our, our sin issues, if you will. But then also we need collectively to examine ourselves. As a church, as a body of believers, are we gospel-centered? Are we reaching uh, the people around us? Are we being globally-minded and globally-hearted what we are doing. These are the kind of things that we have to ask ourselves uh, together as a body. You know, are we, are we making disciples? Are we uh, really being the disciples that God has called us to be? You know, are we a church that's full of God's Spirit? Are we really yielding to what the Holy Spirit is doing? Those kinds of things. So it's really important that you and I come together in some kind of collective way. Uh, that may be in small groups, that may be in the whole church context, uh, that may be in, in us sharing the heart of what we feel God is speaking to us as, as a church and all of you responding to that, that exhortation, those kinds of things. But we need to be able to look at ourselves honestly uh, and forthrightly and see what it is that God would have us to do or to change. And when we do that, that is very transformative, okay? So today I want to start with just individual uh, examination and talk to you just a little bit about that because I really believe that from time to time it's absolutely essential and not only is essential to us but desirable to God that we in some way prove ourselves to know that we are in alignment with, with both God's will and God's mind, that we have the heart of God and that we're actually living that heart out in, in a process, and that we're being very intentional in the way we're living our lives. And if we don't examine our lives on course, in all likelihood, we're going to get off course from time to time. Uh, and when we, when we uh, move and weave outside of the mind and the heart of God, we're missing it, all right? Every time we step outside or off course, we are missing things. Um, and in, in the book, uh, one of the uh, earlier writings of, of, of um, I just lost my thought there. I'm sorry. I am so, like, not with it today. Oh, okay. In the scriptures, it tells us that we are running a good race. All right? That's important for us to understand that we are in this race. We are in uh, this to the end, to the finish. We've got, God's intent is never that you would not finish what he has given you to do, all right? God's intent is that you will finish the race. But after he says, you were running so well, all right? And we think, oh, it's a great compliment there. You were running so well. But then he asks the question. He says, who cut in on you? Who cut in on you? In other words, who got you off track? Who caused you to miss the mark? When I was running a marathon in England, um, it was the second, third one in, that I ran there. 
uh, and it was a trail marathon. I was used to marathons in the city, and you could run down the streets, and they were well-mapped and well-signed, and you knew where you were going, and, and, uh, and, and this was a trail marathon, so it was out in a hill area um, out um, near the sea. And uh, it went through farmlands, and it went through what's called the Black Forest. And, and uh, there's a reason it's called the Black Forest. It is dark in there, all right? Um, and so I'm running, um, and there are little offshoots and trails. But I, I wasn't paying attention, I guess, and I didn't understand the signing process that they had for the race. And somehow or other, I got off the course, and I was running down a trail thinking, gosh, I'm, I must be really slow because I'm obviously the last one. Uh, running this race, and how in the world am I going to catch up? And about that time, I look over, and I see everyone else running this way on another trail. And I can see them, and I'm like, hey, <laughs> what, what, what happened? Like, how do I get, how do I get to where you are? And, and this one guy, he just stops, and he's perplexed, and he looks at me, and he goes, hey, mate, maybe you should give up. <laughs> and then he kept running. And I'm like, no. And then another guy comes behind him, and he goes, he goes, oh, so sorry. And he literally came over, and he helped me get back on track. He said, I know it's going to mess up your time, but stay with us. And I was able to stay with them in the race after that point. But here's the thing. When you get off track, when you're off course and you miss it, my friend, we're lost. We're lost at that point. As soon as we move off the course... We are lost, and we don't know the way. And so it's absolutely essential that you and I are continually, continually uh, examining ourselves, continually proving ourselves that indeed we are on track, are we on our own course. So you and I need to, to have this sort of, or at least consider this sort of self-examination process um, that God's Word, I believe, says that we should be undergoing all the time. We should be doing this constantly. Now, I'm not talking about getting legalistic with yourself. I'm not talking about navel-gazing on yourself. I'm simply talking about having an intentional process whereby, from time to time, you are evaluating your life based on the light of the Scriptures, and that the Scriptures are speaking to you out of how you are living, and that is constantly a process of recalibrating your course so that you're coming back to the Lord uh, again and again and again. And we need to do this more than just seasonally. You know, we do this a lot of times uh, right around Easter, you know. Uh, we, we evaluate and we, we look at our lives. But even that is, is sometimes awfully inadequately done, all right? Uh, sometimes uh, some of us will do that at the end of the year or the beginning of the new year, all right? We kind of look at the past year and evaluate. Then we start to set all these goals and, and such that we're going to do in the new year going forward. And how long does that last? All right? It's just like the, the, the secular resolutions. They are, they, we speak them out, but they really don't take root in us, and they really don't inform our decision-making, and so there's nothing really transformative about it. All right? And I believe that this is a good season. As we're approaching Easter, this is a great time. But I would love to see you and I have an intentional time, like at least monthly, where we are looking at our lives and evaluating what we are doing based on Scripture, and that we're opening our hearts to at least one brother or sister that we love and that we trust and that we know is a person of peace to us. And that we allow them also to examine our lives and what we're doing and ask us the hard questions. And really, if you are in a discipleship group, you are doing this most likely on a weekly basis already. 
You're already in there allowing examination to happen inside of your life, all right? But I believe that this is a discipline like any other discipline. It's something that may be difficult and challenging to do, but you and I need to be doing it. We need to be set on a course here where we're going to be doing this. I think one of the most wonderful places to do that is on the Sunday that we do communion. I think it's a wonderful opportunity for you when you know that communion is coming up that you can begin to reflect and ask the Lord to give you some sense of where you are at, all right? And, 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 and let him speak to you about the areas and the issues of your life, in particular those things that maybe you have struggled with in the past where they may become in cycles or they are repetitive sins that you are uh, easily succumbing to uh, when you get alone or, or in certain situations or circumstances. It's, maybe it's just temptations that are really hard for you, all right? So you and I, I need to be willing to examine our ways. In the book of Lamentations in the Old Testament, in chapter 3, verse 30, it says this, um, let us test and examine our ways. In other words, let's, let's evaluate. Let's have some kind of evaluation here as we look at this. Let's see what's the mark, all right? And where are we? Where do I land on the mark? All of those of you who are detailed and type A people, you love this kind of thing, but you will probably overdo that. Okay, I'm not asking for that kind of legalism. All right, I'm not asking you for that kind of detail. Uh, and those of you who are very random and you just like flowing with whatever's going on and whatever's happening, you're gonna you're gonna cry legalism to me over this. Don't do that either. All right, that's just as dangerous. Okay, we're not talking uh, about anything but a simple form of examination where there is some kind of sense at the end of it, an assessment that says, yeah, I'm on track, or no, I'm not. I need to get right with God. God here. I, I need to pull myself in and rein myself in. But in Lamentations, he says, you need to test and examine your ways and return to the Lord. All right? Here's what the enemy would love you and I to do. Test yourself, examine yourself, feel like a failure, shame yourself, and then give up and quit. And just say, oh, well, I'm just going to go on. No. The Bible is clear that the purpose of examination is to get us somewhere, to move us, all right? And, and moving us is in one of two directions, even closer to God, all right? God, I've been good in this. I've been good in this. I'm doing this. I'm feeling good about this. I feel, I feel strong in my faith. I'm going to challenge myself to, to, to go further with you, to go deeper with you, all right? So it moves us closer to the Lord, faith unto faith, glory unto glory kind of thing, okay? Also, it needs to move us away from sin. All right? It needs to move us away from those things that separate us from God and keep us from following him in the way that we need to. Why? The next verse answers that. Verse 41 says, Let us lift up our hearts and hands to God in heaven. Worship is affected by the way you are connected to God. All right? You and I need to be able to be free in our worship. And to do that, we need to be constantly moving ourselves in the right direction and the right path with God. That relationship is the most important relationship of all. And when we are not on track, it affects how we worship. Some of you that I know you really well and I know how you worship, I can tell when, you have got, when you've had a good week and when you've had a bad week. And the way is your worship is affected by it. And so I'm asking you and I that we, at least on those Sundays when we're having communion, that in those few minutes where, um, by the way, communion went well today. Good job, people. It was really good. I, li I liked it a lot. All right? I get, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't like communion. 
It, it's just, it, there's so many things that you have to have just you know put into place, and it, it needs to work right. And we have a building that's not conducive for communion, and we have uh, uh, usually well, our kids are not in here today. That's something else we'll have to work on. Is once the kids get back in here, how is it going to flow then? You know, but you did a great job today, and I'm constantly evaluating communion. Um, and, and I was convicted during the preparation for this sermon is, uh, why don't you spend more time evaluating and examining yourself than you do examining processes? Because I will do that. I will examine the process of anything, how it works, how it's functioning, how it's going on. I like to look at that and figure those things out and see how it could be done better, you know. And, and it's, it's like at one point in time, I was, I was not reading a lot of the scriptures. I was reading a lot of other books good writers, good theologians, and I'm reading their books. And the Lord convicted me at that point and said, why don't you spend as much time reading my word as you do reading other books? This is what I'm talking about when I talk about self-examination. It's you allowing the Holy Spirit to shine a light, to take that spiritual flashlight and just put it in there and go, boom, look at that. Boom, look at that. Boom, oh my goodness, look at that. <laughs> but with such love and such care that the intent is, come on, let me help you. I'll even carry you back to the path. I'll leave the race, and I'll run over to you, and I'll get you, and I'll, I'll help you get back on track. And then I'm going to encourage you and say, stay with me. Come on, just stay with us. This is where you need to be. We need to be in this body together. We need to be doing this thing together, and that includes the examination piece of it, all right? So that you and I are caring for each other in a wonderful and loving way, all right? And not only do you see it in the Old Testament, but you see it more succinctly in the New Testament, and it's from Corinthians, it's the passage that oftentimes we have read when we do communion, chapter 11, it says, beginning in verse 27, whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. Therefore, let a person examine himself. And so eat the bread and drink the cup. Do you hear that? Let a person examine themselves, then eat the bread and drink the cup. The examination part, and this is where we get it all like messed up and we get legalistic and stuff. We get the idea that, oh, i got to be perfect before I take communion. All right? I can't take communion because I've got this sin in my life. No, he says examine yourself, but then go take the cup and the bread. In other words, go and get refreshed. Go and get renewed. This is part of the process. As you're examining yourself, you can't bow to the, to the God of shame. You can't let the God of shame rule over your heart and your mind. You can't let shame and guilt and condemnation take you out, all right? This self-examination isn't so you can say one more time, oh, see, I'm no good or I'm, I'm so bad, and, and give up. God is not about you giving up. God is about you f coming through. God is about you being victorious. God is about you living a life in such a way that ultimately he is glorified, but it's good for you. It's joyful for you. And this is why sometimes we've heard other people, and this is one of my things about communion. I don't enjoy communion a lot of times if I'm feeling like it's, a, it's just a sour time and everybody's got to just you know, focus on their sin. And, and that's what we, we deal with. And so we come heavy and we come uh, burdened and we come depressed. You know, No, communion is supposed to be a joyful moment of receiving a refreshing anointing of God's presence through his son, Jesus Christ. 
That's what communion is for, all right? Jesus paid the price for the sin. Jesus took away the guilt and the shame and the condemnation. Jesus rose from the dead that you might have power and authority over everything that comes against you. Therefore, we now have no condemnation because we are in Christ Jesus. That's rejoicing, I hope it should be. For us. And so we need to come to this table with much joy and much excitement, yet having examined ourselves to make sure that we are worthy, that we have received what Christ has given to us and made us worthy. You can't make yourself worthy to come to the table. You can't do that. You'll never be able to do that. That's not enough good works on the face of this earth to get you worthy to come to the table. Jesus has made you worthy. And by his shed blood and the power of the resurrection, you and I come, all right? And we come in such a way as to receive, and that is with expectation and with faith. And if you're bowed over in your guilt and your shame uh, and, and about the way you've been living and your lifestyle, you're not going to come and be able to receive what God intended for you, not the fullness and the richness of God's life in you, all right? And so we want to help you. So on those Sunday mornings, I hope that you will have a time where you can just, just be introspective, all right, that you can examine yourself. You can look at where you're at and where God wants you to be, all right, so that you can, can really enjoy communion together. Then comes the passage that Pastor Dave read for you. Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Prove yourselves. 2 Corinthians 13.5. What Paul is doing here is he's like, he is so, he, he is employing everybody. He's, he's calling everybody. He's, he's trying to, to, to contra- uh, make this contract with everybody almost. Like he's saying, this is what you got to do, all right? You, and and, and the, 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 that term, employ, is really a present tense term, all right? Which means you need to be examining yourself today or daily. You need to be ex- approving yourself today or daily. This is something that we're always doing. We're always working out our salvation with fear and trembling, are we not? That's what the Bible tells us to do, all right? We have been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. According to Scripture, we are being saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. And ultimately, at the end, we will be saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. But there's a lot of saving that's going on in that process of our lives. And we need to look at this whole idea of proving ourselves that way as well. Is that I am constantly being open and subjected to the Word of God. All right, And it is the light to my life. It is the lamp to my feet. And so I need to constantly be looking at my own life. All right? And so this is an ongoing activity according to this passage and the way it's written, all right? And so this self-examination doesn't happen when you get saved um, and then you're you're done with that and you don't have to do that anymore, okay? And there's a lot of us that we don't like to look at ourselves. We don't like to see our own faults. We don't like to see the, the broken place in our lives or in our heart. And I understand that. I get it. There are, for you and I, there are some extremely painful places in our lives, all right? I, I, when I was teaching on the nature and the character of God in, in Brazil, I had a wonderful class, a beautiful class of, of, of people. And there was a young woman in the class who was absolutely brilliant. She was just so, so smart. Uh, and she was just eating up all of the teaching and enjoying it. Um, and then I started to talk about how much um, God is everywhere and always has been everywhere and always will be everywhere, uh, this, this bigness of God. Um, and and that, that hooked her because of her childhood. 
and there was so much pain and brokenness in her childhood. And uh, as a little girl, she had been raped, just, just terribly raped, and uh, over and over. And uh, after the class, she came up to me and she said, can I, can I just tell you something? And I said, sure. What's, what's going on? Good English. Just, just such an intelligent woman. She goes, I just realized today I've, I've never seen God in the right way. I always just saw him as distant and he wasn't there for me. And I wondered why this would have happened to me. And, but and this was the third day of the class. And she said, I just put all the pieces together, like the teachings that you've given us each day. She's like, I just put them together and, and they just they fit for me. And she goes, but now here's my problem. I realize how much that because of the hurt and the pain in my own life that I pushed back from God. I, I didn't let God in. And I didn't let other people in. And I realize how much I've hated men my whole life. And I realize how much I've been a sinner. And she had these big tears streaming down her face. And she looked at me and with a smile she said, I love God so much. I, he was there. And she goes, he just told me. I started crying when you started talking about this today. And she goes, he told me. The tears that I'm crying today, he cried on those days when I was raped, when I was broken. And he was so hurt over that because he knew he was there. And she goes, it's changed my life. What I'm trying to say to you is that, that you and I need to have this ongoing activity of growing in the Lord, growing in his fullness, growing in knowledge of him, that he is constantly at work opening our heart to him in greater ways and greater understanding because in that place we learn how to approach him as God. And this is what this woman learned. In the class. It didn't have anything to do with my class. And honestly, some of the things that she was saying to me that she was getting from the Lord, I didn't teach that. It wasn't in, it wasn't in, it wasn't in the curriculum at all. And I'm just standing there going, wow, this is amazing, God. You just did a huge work. You just like, like redeemed, restored, delivered, set free, brought together, made whole a woman while I'm teaching on the nature and character of God. And there was a whole different work that was going on that the Holy Spirit was doing there. All right? You and I, corporately together, we can allow the Spirit of God to come in and examine us. And we can be a people that are powerfully filled with the spirit of repentance. We can be a people who are powerfully filled with the spirit of deliverance. We can all become set-free people as we allow the Holy Spirit to examine us through God's Word. Now, let me ask us three questions and probe this just a little bit, and then we'll be done, okay? Because if, if this is right, and I believe it's right, I just gave you three examples of where we are called to examine ourselves, all right? But I'd like for you to answer three questions for me this morning as you, as you ponder this going forward. Why should we examine ourselves now? And by what standards should we examine ourselves? And what are the questions that we need to be asking ourselves? All right? 
according to, to this passage that Pastor Dave read to you, all right, we need to examine ourselves to see whether or not we're in the faith. That's a vital and important piece of why you look at your own life through the lens of the scriptures and God's powerful love for you, okay? All right? We need to examine ourselves to see whether or not we're in the faith. It says we should test ourselves, all right? So this is an important piece, all right? This expression, in the faith, is, is, is referring to being faithful to God, all right? Living a life that is very faithful, being a faithful Christian, in other words, you can be counted on to do the right thing, all right? That, that the majority of your life is going to be spent doing what God asks you to do and doing it in such a way that it proves or it, it shouts out to everyone that you're a faithful follower, all right? In other words, you have a witness. You have a testimony. Sometimes we refer to it around here as you're a living epistle. We read the written epistles and we learn and we change and we're transformed by them. But we are living epistles, all right? People are watching us. They're seeing our lives that we are living. And the intent is that we live in such a way that they see Christ through us. They see the truth of God's Word in action through our lives. So actually, we need to make sure that we are constantly in the faith, all right? That we are examining whether or not we're remaining faithful to the Lord, all right? Are, are, are we in a situation or a lifestyle where we're in and out, all right? And sometimes maybe more out than in, all right? Who you really are is only the person that you are when no one else is around. That's you. What do you look like then? What does your life look like when no one else is around? No one else can hear you. No one else can watch you and see what you're doing. No one else knows what's going on or what's happening when you are alone and by yourself. That's who you really are. And you and I need to be able to not only open ourselves up to God, but to others as well about that life, the life that we live when no one is watching and no one is around. And we need to remember, we need to remember that, that it is dangerous for us if we are not constantly examining ourselves because according to the book of Hebrews, we have the propensity to drift away. It is very likely that we will move and when we move, we move away from God. And here's the thing you need to understand about God. God will never move away from you. So if anybody moves, guilty are we. So God is faithful, and God stands, and God is with us, and God is for us. And when we draw near to him, he draws even closer to us. But God never leaves us. He never forsakes us as his people. All right, He is always with us. But his intent is to help you to look at your life in such a way that, that you are not giving over to evil uh, unbelief or disobedience. And so the text implies here that, that it is possible for us to know our standing with God. It is possible for us to, to be convicted. It's possible for us to understand what is in our minds. Now, the Bible also says that the heart is wicked, deceitful. Who can know it? All right? So we have to have some measure. We have to have some bar, which is the Word of God. And that bar is more powerful and more authoritative if we allow that bar to be used by a brother or sister in our life whom we trust. Because oftentimes we do something that is 
a huge propensity for humanity, all right? He says in this passage that Dave read to you, do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you? What's he really asking there? Do you not know who you are? And the reality is that a lot of times, (laughs) you and I don't. We don't know who we are. We live one way. And oftentimes, we declare that we are of another way. And by that, I mean that oftentimes we say, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a follower of the way. But the way that which we are living doesn't line up with a follower of Jesus. And so we have this duplicity going on in our lives. We're saying one thing, and we're doing something else. And yet, we are convinced that we are a Christian. We are convinced that we are a follower of Jesus Christ. All right? And so the Bible is there for us to be able to know beyond a shadow of a doubt and understand right where we are. But you alone, are, it's very unlikely that you will know the true depths of your own heart, especially if your heart is prone to wickedness. All right? And so it's important for us to have these times of evaluation so that we can determine if Jesus Christ is in us. All right? That we are really putting on Christ. All right? That He is really indwelling in us. All right? And we can know that. We can know that based on His Word. And so, therefore, we can determine whether or not we are disqualified. Now, what does that mean when He talks about being disqualified? All right? Or not meeting the test or not passing the test. Um, It means that we have failed, just literally. It means not standing the test over a period of time. In other words, there's a a window of time where we didn't make it, all right? Where we, we got off course, where we didn't do what we were supposed to do. We didn't obey the Lord. Again, I'm not talking about going into this deep, navel-gazing kind of of, uh, self-evaluation, but I'm talking about letting the Word of God shine a light on you so that you are constantly in a process of recalibrating, all right? Because it's very easy for us. Read the book of James. It's very easy for us to fall into a trap of self-deception. We deceive ourselves even more than the enemy deceives us and more um, than other people deceive us. We deceive ourselves. And oftentimes, the place we deceive ourselves most is in our relationship to God. We just don't want to admit that we are far from Him. We don't want to admit that we have hidden sins. We don't want to admit that there are these addictions and, and, and such things in our lives. It's too hard for us to look at ourselves. A lot of you, you've been shamed over your whole lifetime. A lot of you as little children were shamed. uh, Wrong responsibilities were put on you as a child. You were expected, some of you, to act like an adult. And because you didn't, then um, you were dealt with because of that. Uh, Some of you had horrible, traumatic things happen to you in your childhood. And so it's very difficult for you uh, to look back over that. It's very painful. I understand that. I get that. And I'm not asking you to pull up everything all at once, okay, here. But what I'm asking you is, is in the place you are in today, as a Christian, can you begin to let the Scripture search your heart and shine light on you so that you can know that you are not deceived, that you are truly in the faith, and that you are truly following God's Word, all right? Now, 
by what standard do we measure ourselves? Are we examine ourselves? Well, let me tell you how you don't do that, okay? From what I just said to you, don't evaluate or examine yourself based on yourself, all right? Don't live off of what you think about yourself. Only the Lord commends us, all right? The Apostle Paul said it himself in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. He says, you know, I, I, I'm not judged by anybody. Now, as far as me, when I look at myself, I don't see anything wrong. But then he says, but I'm not the one who acquits. It is God who judges. What did Paul just say? You know, I'm going to look at myself. I don't see anything wrong. I think I'm pretty good. But you know what? It's not up to me to decide. What I think really doesn't matter because I'm not the one who gives the acquittal. It's God. And therefore, God is the only judge. So I don't get to judge myself. This is why it's really important that you and I allow other people to speak into our lives. This is why we want you in a discipleship group. This is why you, we want you talking and praying and confessing uh, and growing with others in the body of Christ so that there is this wonderful, loving, uh, godly, righteous accountability that's going on for us, all right? Because you and I can be wrong. Even in our basic assumptions, you and I can be wrong about things. There are a lot of times when I've had someone come in the office and they've said, well, this is what I believe, or this is what I do because this is what I believe. And I'm like, can you show me that in the Bible? And they're like, well, I, I, it's in there. I just don't know where it's at. All right, well, let's try to find it. All right, let's go, let's go through a process here and spend the next 20 minutes trying to find this, this in the Bible. And we can't because it's not in there. But this is a belief. This is an assumption on the part of this individual that this is biblical. This is scriptural. And so then after we exhaust that and we can't find it, I look at the person and say, okay, who taught you that? My grandmother did. Man, you can't come against somebody's grandma. Oh, my goodness gracious. You just can't do that, you know. But you have to, all right, because grandma's theology is not necessarily Jesus' theology. And so you and I have to be very careful, all right, that, that we are not living out of something that was a, a basic assumption that is not correct, it's not accurate. We may have lived it for a long time, all right? But th there, are, there are many people who, who really believe that they have pleased God through their whole lifetime. Look at it in the Scriptures, Matthew chapter 7. I did this, and I did that, and I did the other thing. And it says in the Bible that God still looks at them and says, I never knew you. It's a dangerous thing to only believe what you believe with no input from anyone else, and especially if you're not reading the Scriptures. My friend, if you are walking in the faith and you are confident that you are full of God, but you are not reading your Bible, you are in a dangerous place. That examination doesn't happen by your opinion. It happens by you following the scriptures and living in the light of God's word. The other place that we don't do this in is we don't do it by the evaluation or the examination or the estimate of man. All right? It's really dangerous for us to compare ourselves to other people. All right? You're going to find yourself being really holy or really unholy. But another person's life is not the mark. All right? A lot of, a lot of people are going to be surprised, shocked, when they stand before God. 
My desire for you is, is, is not that I get to, to preach you a hard message, but it is that when you stand before the Lord, he is going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Man, sometimes at night, I think about that and it keeps me awake. It drives me crazy. I want very much for you to be faithful. Not because I want to boast about you. I boast about you anyway. I boast about you when you're unfaithful. I just find other things to boast about you. All right? Because I love you. I, I, I'm going to be one of your greatest cheerleaders. I'm going to be there for you. All right? I'm going to be with you. If, there's, if it's possible, I'm not going to let you fall. All right? But it's not up to me. It's, it's not in my hands. All right? And so even, even the most religious person is not the person to go before, to be examined. All right? Again, you need some people around you, but first and foremost, you need to be in the Word of God. All right? So that is our standard by which we are examined. All right? Not by ourselves, not by men or women, okay? But by God's Word. All right? Because the Lord is the ultimate judge. All right? It's, it's, it's the, the commendation of the Lord that gives us our approval. All right? So that's where we got to be. So I, I'm going to ask you, and, and, and I really want you to join me in this, that you and I will indeed be a people who are constantly allowing ourselves to be examined and that we are intentional to make that happen. And we're not going to wait for someone else to just come along. We're not going to wait for some um, unique, uh, mystical experience with the Holy Spirit to see that happen. But on a on a, a, a a week-to-week basis, even a day-to-day basis, if possible, that you're going to be disciplined and be intentional to let the, the Word of God examine your life. Here's what I believe should happen for us. I believe that every time we open the Scriptures, and I believe that we should open them every day, and we read a passage of Scripture, we need to let it, the, the light of that Scripture shine on us. We need to ask God, what are you saying to me? What are you speaking to me? How does this affect me? And we need to evaluate where we are with that. God already knows where you are. Just as sure as he knew where Adam was when he asked Adam in the garden, where are you? Oh, he knew. He knew both where Adam was geographically in the garden, but he also knew where he was in his heart. God knows where you are. He wants to draw you closer to him. Let us see whether or not we are in the faith. Let us examine ourselves. Let us test ourselves so that we know that we meet Amen. Why would I want you to do this? Because Jesus died for your sins, paid the ultimate price, so that you could have the joy and the freedom of living under the resurrection power of God. God's intent for you is for you to be strong, to be bold, to be courageous, to be a person full of faith, a person full of joy, a person filled with gratitude. All of these are aspects that God wants and desires to pour into our lives. And that's all because of the gospel and nothing else. If you don't know that message, if you haven't heard that story of the gospel and of Jesus coming, of the Father sending him, expressing his love for us through his Son, doing for us what we could not do for ourselves, that's the starting place. Examine your heart today. And if you're not there, if you haven't received that kind of forgiveness and that kind of love, even if you've been in church all your life and you've heard sermons and, and, and maybe even some people have told you some goofy things, all right? But you're realizing right now that, hey, that I'm examining my heart. I don't know this Jesus. I want to know this Jesus. That's the starting place. 
And in a moment, some people are going to stand up here and they're going to be ready to pray for you. Just come and be prayed for. Come and start. But if you've been on this journey for a while, but you haven't been getting there, you haven't been victorious, there's, it's been spotty at best, all right? Examine yourself even today and let's begin. Let's begin to recalibrate and come into line with what the Lord Jesus Christ desires for us to be and to do as his people, all right? Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, we, uh, we are before you. We're before your word, and your word is clear. Your word is precise. Your word shows us the way. Help us that we would walk in it. Help us that we would be faithful and disciplined to open our hearts to, to you and to each other. God, would you give every person in this room who is a Christian today a couple of other people, Lord, that they can walk with and they can be part of this examining process. Help us, God. We want to be more like Jesus. We want to be faithful. We want to love you deeply. We want to show you that love by obeying you. So, God, let your, let your word be a light unto our path, Lord. Shine on us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. We're going to sing a chorus.